Everybody give God a hand clap of praise in this place. Listen, before you sit down, all over the house, all over the house, would you lift your hands in this place today? You know, as you're doing that, I want you to close your eyes, and I want to talk you through something here, because in this place, as we all stand with our hands lifted high in worship to the Lord, you know, sometimes people may be afraid to lift their hands in praise because they think, well, what will the one behind me think I'm doing? Will they think that I'm trying to get attention? Will they think that I'm some super saved spiritual individual? What will they think? And I'm here to declare to you today, child of God, that it doesn't matter what anyone thinks in this place. More than any um, desire for attention, this is a cry to Abba Father that I want you. I want you, Lord, and I need you, God. And so with hands lifted up all over the building today, I just want to pray. I want to ask God's blessing over the message today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray. God, that you would anoint this time as we hear from you, God. We know without a shadow of a doubt that you have something to say, God, that you want to sow into the homes and into the families and into the lives of those that are represented here in this place. And God, so with arms lifted high, we just reach up to heaven and say, God, we need you. God, we want you. Lord, be with us, guide us, lead us, and direct us today as we look into your word. And Father, I pray for your special blessing in this place for those that are feeling so distraught or so alone or so discouraged or so depressed, God, those that are dealing with anxiety, those that are dealing with pain. As we talk about the home and as we talk about the locker room, God, as we talk about these things that hit deep because they, they enter into the very personal part of who we are, God, our home, whether it be the single mom having to get her kids ready for church in the morning, still made it here this morning, whether it be the single dad doing all of those same things, whether it be the mom and the or the, the, the wife and the husband that just can't get along but yet somehow made it here this morning, God. Whether it be the, uh, the, the home that is um, indwelled with your Holy Spirit, your, the home that has the Holy Spirit in it and, and, and that believes in you, or whether it be an unbelieving household. For those that are in this room and watching online today and for everyone that this message will reach, God, I pray your special anointing power over every word said, and God, that it would be your will, the words spoken in this place, God, and that you would anoint this time and, and that nothing would be said or done out of selfish ambition, but God, that we would seek to know you more and make you known more. In Jesus' name, I pray your blessing all over the house. Amen. 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 Well, somebody give God a hand clap of praise one more time. He's worthy of it, church. Hey, take 15 seconds. Give somebody a high five, a handshake, or a hug, and let them know you're glad to see them here at Overcome Church.
Well, welcome to the house of the Lord this morning. I'm so excited to see you. It's good to see those of you that may not have been here last week due to sickness. It's good to know you're doing well, or at least you're doing better. Amen. It's good to see you. We do miss uh, Pastor Jeremiah uh, this morning. We, uh, I checked out, or I, I reached out to him over the past week, said, hey man, just, you know, if there's anything I can do, please let me know. Of course, Jeremiah being the guy that he, that he is, he's not going to call me all the way from Malden. If he does, that's definitely a need and we'll try to reach it. I do want to say, though, that the times that Jimmy has pulled through on going and ministering to Pastor Jeremiah and, and Onda, thank you for that. That's, uh, I know he appreciates that well. If you would, give him a shout today. Let him know you missed him. Uh, but, yeah. And no doubt he's watching now, so he sees the love and affection. Speaking of love and affection, thank you guys so much for um, ruining my message last week. <laughs> now, you guys, uh, we felt the love and affection. We, we definitely felt uh, far beyond appreciated. So thank you for everybody who uh, had a part in that and gave us a card. I know us pastors really enjoyed reading through all those cards. And uh, I'm saving them all. I'm just going to put them in a stack. We're going to save them all and... I'll read them when I need some encouragement. Um, Well, today I want you to know, church, that God is doing things far beyond what we can see in this room. Do you believe that? God is doing something awesome here at Overcome Church, and I was made known about that over the past week as I kind of looked through and thought through um, who watches online. And when you look at our uh, insights or you look at who uh, really is watching or viewing online, it really says something about geographical location and things like that. And I just want to say God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask him for. And I believe 100% that he's doing just that through our online community. And so I want to give God a shout of praise for the online community and the ones that will choose to When you can watch, you can literally watch any service in the world at this time right now for whatever reason you chose to click on to overcome church uh, and and watch uh, service here and be a part of service here. I remember starting the live recordings um, on Sundays with my iPhone. And now um, the quality just keeps getting better and better for those uh, that can't be in this building they can still be so much a part of what God is doing here at OC, and that's uh, praiseworthy. That's awesome. Technology is cool. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Each week, our family online from all over the place share in this experience, and and that's made possible by the team in the back. I just want to give them some recognition because though us pastors get a lot of recognition for the things we say and do, we also get a lot of uh, uh, criticism (laughs) from the things we say and do. Us pastors would know about that, and ministry leaders would know about that. These guys get the brunt of it. If something goes wrong on stage, people are going to ask Leonard, well, what'd you do that for? (laughs) Don't be that guy. (laughs) Don't go back to Leonard. I just want to give a shout out to Leonard, Rob, Bryce, and the rest of the team that they can, anybody that can really con into sitting back there with them and helping them. They make the production online so much better with their skill, talent, ability, and willingness. And so hand clap of praise to God for them. Thank you so much. Speaking of being a part of OC, I want to thank you for being faithful in your tithes and giving, uh, your, your offerings, not only you here in this room, but you online. Again, you guys just continue to, um, 
you continue to obey the call of the Lord, and in doing that, we are able to do ministry here at Overcome Church, and it's unbelievable. We've been talking a lot in the leadership team about what's next for the year 2023, and I just got to tell you, if you thought the first year of ministry here at Overcome Church was good, wait, there's more. It's going to be good. It's going to be gooder. Amen? Anybody excited for the next year of ministry here at Overcome Church? Me too. Invite your friends. Invite your friends. And so with all that out of the way, I just want to make known to you, if you didn't know, there's three ways you can give here quickly and efficiently and safely. You can give online at overcomechurch.org, and I'm totally outside of my, this is not even my department, but I'm going to step into it for just a second. You can give online at overcomechurch.org. You can give there safely and effectively. You can also give during our normal time of tithe and offering reception. Uh, as the ushers come and they receive uh, with the plates. Or you can give at the kiosk out front. That's totally an effective and safe way to give as well, electronically or digitally. Uh, And so thank you so much for your faithfulness in your tithes and giving. Okay, anybody ready to hear from the word of God this morning? Me too. Anybody enjoying the idea? We didn't really get a chance to preach it yet, but the idea of the home team message series in this place? Y'all ready to hear about it? Okay, some of y'all, let's go. This series is for, you may be thinking, home team, okay? He's talking a lot about husband and wives. He's talking a lot about children. He's talking a lot about the home. It may not be for me, pastor. I'm a single mom. Oh, it's for you. It may not be for me, pastor. I'm not married yet. Oh, it's for you. I want you to know that God wants you to know that this is for you. This series is for the married couple, the unmarried couple, the single mom, the single dad, the unsaved household, the saved household. It doesn't matter if you're in this place. This is for you. And so I just want to speak with God's direction. I want to speak into your life today and sow a seed of faith into your home. And hopefully through this series we can understand what it means to be a Christ like home, to be a home on display for the world to see. Did you know that's what your home is meant for? Did you know that the structure of the family is literally meant to tell the gospel? That is so true in this place today, but seldom do we utilize our opportunity effectively to tell the gospel through the way we walk, talk, live, breathe, and act in the home. As a matter of fact, most times the home is where we fight our biggest battles. Every man went quiet and every woman shook her head yes. God has something to say today. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's read. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24. I'll give you a second to turn there for those of you that still use the relics we call uh, physical Bibles. Um, I still use it too, so that wasn't a knock on it. I, just, I would much rather have this, but for ease and not having 30 pages of notes up here, I'll just use my tablet today. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them, I'm going to hold this up while I preach this as well. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet it didn't collapse because its foundation, I'll say it again, its foundation. Somebody say, its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them 
will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the rivers rose and the winds blew and pounded that house and it collapsed. And with emphasis, the Bible exclaims that it collapsed with a great crash. God help our homes today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today, guys, I want to talk about um, what we're building. If you're writing anything down, write that down. What we are building in this second installment of the message series, the five-part message series we're calling Home Team. I want to talk about what we're building last week, just to recap a little bit, especially for those of you that weren't here and the sinners that didn't watch online. Last week, we talked about yo-yos in the locker room, and the big thing about the yo-yo is this, and my yo-yo better still be in here, you thieves. Oh, it's here. Okay. Last week we talked about yo-yos in the locker room and the concept behind that was the fact that our home should be as if a yo-yo or it should be like a yo-yo. If you notice, a yo-yo, if done correctly, and oh boy was this fun back in the day. Um, It's kind of fun right now. I don't know of any other preacher that's yo-yoing on stage right now. But... um, We talked about the fact that the family is like a yo-yo or the way the family acts is kind of like a yo-yo. And, and uh, I brought up the yo-yo family concept and I drew up a little graph and it was cool to have up on the, on the uh, screen there. And, or it wasn't a graph, it was kind of like an example there. But it, it really just laid it out for you. The Lord being the head, the leadership, the guidance, the influence, the flow of, of, of uh, provision and, and love coming to the family by way of the husband. As the husband follows the leadership of the Lord, he then leads the wife, and it flows down. Of course, husband and wife then lead the children of the home, if applicable. But the thing, the interesting thing to note about the yo-yo family concept and the reason it has its name and illustration is the fact that just like a yo-yo, if done correctly, that's the uh, thing you should probably write down, if done correctly, the home should be like a yo-yo. As you yo-yo, if you are effectively yo-yoing, you throw it down and it bounces right back up into your hands, right? Your family should be the same. As the leadership, love and acceptance, uh, provision and kindness, grace, mercy, and those things flow down from the Lord and we utilize scripture to connect all these things last week. For lack of time, we won't do it this week. And you can look on our Facebook page, I think I posted an example of it. But as love and affection and leadership and guidance and provision and grace and mercy flow down from the Lord through the husband and wife and into the children, organically and by design, Glory and praise bounce right back up to the Lord. Did you get that? Organically and by design, glory and praise bounce back up to the Lord. In other words, if you are effectively living your life um, right in the home, which, it, you know, uh, the word right is kind of, you can, you can do a lot with that one word, but don't, don't pay much attention to that. Just, if you're doing life as a family in the home by God's design, we'll say that, by God's design, your life, your family, the crew, the locker room becomes a perfect illustration of the gospel and it declares to the world um, the effect of love, grace, mercy, peace, kindness, and joy. Anyway, that's a whole nother message, and we can get on that in a later part of this series. 
If you're writing anything down, write down what we are building. I want to talk about what we're building because brick by brick we are building something in our homes. Um, each statement that comes across between husband and wife or mother and child or, 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 or dad and child or relative, it doesn't matter your context, everyone lives in a home here. Hopefully, if not, come see me. We'll try our best to help you out. Um, and no matter uh, what context you live in, we're building something brick by brick with each statement we say to one another, with each, each act towards one another. Anybody ever go through the love languages? Uh, yeah, acts of service, uh, totally not my love language. <laughs> I love affirmation. I love it. I love affirmation. Sandra is an acts of service type girl. If I just did the dishes for her, she would be on cloud nine. And I can't remember the last time I did the dishes. So I'm failing as a husband. So, <clears throat> no, I said that to say, uh, you know, with every emotional or relational transaction that takes place within the home, you add a brick. I feel like Pink Floyd, another brick in the wall. Should have wore that shirt today. Maybe you'd have judged me or liked me better. I don't know. I feel like Pink Floyd sometimes, another brick in the wall. That's true, though. With each uh, uh, relational transaction that goes on inside the home, we build and put another brick on our building. And it could be good, it could be bad, right, wrong, or indifferent. We're building something, and so that's what I want to talk about, what we are building. My first point, if you're writing anything down, I want you to write this down, a, a fundamental or a foundation of fundamentals. Sorry, <clears throat> I want you to write down that we are building a foundation of fundamentals. What are you saying, Austin? We need to get back to the fundamentals. Everybody says it, nobody does it. We need to do it, we need to actually do it. A foundation of fundamentals is key within the home. You wanna know why? Because Kobe Bryant said so. The late, great Kobe Bryant, whom some called the GOAT or the greatest of all time, which I believe he surely is. I'm sure John can agree with me on that, um, would press or pursue 250 shots in his pregame workout every time. Didn't matter if he felt sick, didn't matter if he felt like it, didn't mean, and, and some of you are like, 250, that's not a whole bunch. John knows that 250 shots before a, a game is a lot. Um, if you don't get the reference there, no need. He was our coach for the OC basketball team. So, um, when asked about why he just shoots for hours to accomplish a task with such a simple concept, he said this. <laughs> he said, am I as fast as I used to be? Oh, I'm about, to, I'm about to shed some more sin. It's like that country song, I'm not as good as I once was. <laughs> all y'all that laughed, we're all in the same boat, so I'm not, I don't feel them. He said, am I as fast as I used to be? No. But I still have the fundamentals and the smarts. That's what enables me to still be a dominant player. As a kid growing up, I never skipped steps. What I want to say is with the same emphasis and passion and, and uh, striving that Kobe Bryant put towards just the fundamentals. Just making 250 shots in a pregame workout before he went out and dominated on the court. And even up to his death... Even up to his departure of this world, as one of the oldest men on the court, he still dominated on the court because of his attention to the fundamentals. 
a foundation of fundamentals is key. Kobe's attention to the fundamental foundation caused him to um, dominate as one of the oldest men on the NBA court. Home team, we have to give attention to the fundamental foundation of our homes. What is your house built out of? What is your home built on? Is it built on sand, a partnership atmosphere, whatever that is amongst a marriage? Equality? Anger, pursuit of just making it through or survival? No direction, uh, no direction from scripture, no calling from the Lord? All of these that I just listed off uh, and more um, lead to a slippery slope uh, and will more times than not end badly. It'll end in a crash. If you reference our text scripture today, the uh, latter example, that's the result you will get if your house is built on things like this. Don't build your home on these things. Is your home built on the rock, the rock of Jesus, not Dwayne Johnson, but the rock of Jesus? Is your home built on uh, truth and, and foundational, fundamental, um, and not IFB, but fundamental belief that Jesus paid the price for your sin on the cross? And so though we are all undeserving of grace, mercy, love, acceptance, and kindness, we all get it anyway because of grace and because of mercy, and it's by grace through faith that we are saved. Is that what your house is built on? Is your house built on the direction from the Lord? Is your house built on grace, love, mercy, prayer, respect, structure, not equality, but structure? Let me speak to that for a minute, and this may be a side message, and I won't charge you for it, but you know, in our culture today, it, it blows my mind, and I'm not judging you if you are one in this room, I just want to say, hey, there's better grace than that. Women all over our nation fight tooth and nail for equality amongst men. And to that, I'll keep it at this simple statement. Why would you ever discount what you were created to be by wanting to be something that you're not? Why would you ever discount yourself you are a prize, women of God. You are made fearfully and wonderfully. You are created to be something totally opposite of a man. Why would you ever discount yourself to be something that you're not, women of God? Why would you ever settle for anything less than to be a daughter of the king, not equal before the king? I won't charge you for that one. The love of God fleshed out through Jesus has made a way for us. And I want to put emphasis on that word love today. I put it in bold in my notes here because I want to emphasize the word love today because that is church. Whether you like it or not, the actual fundamental foundation by which our houses must be built on. The love of God, the love for each other, and the love that we now, because Christ loved us first, can share with the people we come into contact with each day. Love is the fundamental foundation of our homes, or it should be. The love of God fleshed out through Jesus has made a way for us to build upon that love and create a living, breathing example of the gospel with our families. The best testimony, church, that you can tell the world 
is not one of speech, but one of example through the way you live and the, the way you structure and orchestrate your home or the way you win the locker room. Remember what I said last week. You can be losing a game, but every tide will turn if you win the locker room. Things change when a team is winning the locker room. You could be fighting the worst battle out on the field, but you could come into the locker room or families, you can come into the household and win the household or win the locker room and tides change on the battlefield. Perspectives shift. Strength is gained. People win on the field when you win the locker room. But if you lose the locker room, it's a whole nother animal. Families, if you lose the locker room, you've only but fallen into a literal trap of the enemy. The locker room We'll put a lot of emphasis on that. That's why that bad boy is going to be in Josh Arrowwood's way for the next five weeks. Thank you for giving me some grace, brother. A house built on anything other than love, the love of Christ, will not stand. We had that example through Scripture. Without love, you sound like a, a crashing cymbal. You ever read that in the Word of God? Let's read it. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I love the whole, the whole uh, section here because you really get a feel for the character of the Lord. Did you know that? The Bible in one part says God is love. It's a declarative statement that actually ends a big section of scripture. You should look it up and read it in its entirety. It's actually pretty uh, awesome. But when you read at the end of this big declaration that God is love, It's as simple as that. God is love. Y'all say it with me. God is love. And then you read this, you find out what love is, you find out who God is, and you get a glimpse of his character. Like Moses on the mount. Has he got to just see a glimpse of God's glory? And everything changed for Moses on the mountain. Everything could change for you if you found out really what God's character was like. Let's read this. The writer, Paul, to the church in, in, in Corinth, says this. Um, if I speak human or angelic tongues, but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. It says, and if I give away all my possessions, and if I give over my body in order to boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. This is when it gets into what I would call the character of God himself. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It is not boastful. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not irritable. 
and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, and hopes all things, and endures all things. Leonard, I want you to turn the volume up on Mitchell's drums, and Mitchell may fire me here in a minute, but, well, I don't care, so. Oh, okay. Okay. Midway? I'm scared. Which one's the loudest? This one? (laughs) He's like, please don't kill my drum set. Or the church's drum set. Thank you. Thank you to those. This one? Oh, that's not loud enough. Oh, I gotta actually play the drums. This is fun. You can tell this wasn't orchestrated beforehand. No. The last thing I need is you on stage. He says, if I speak with human or angelic tongues, but don't have love, I'm like a clashing cymbal or a clanging gong. So I can have all the intelligence in the world or I can have all these gifts. I can be able to uh, share with you what thus saith the Lord God so uh, prophetically from the word of God that you leave every single week with a new word from the Lord. And I can speak with such passion to move a mountain of people in this room each and every week. But if I do this in all without love, each time I speak, it's more like this. Hey, God loves you. He cares about you. Is this enjoyable for anybody in this room? Would you come back to church if every time you came in here, no matter what I was saying, no matter what I was doing, no matter what the hospitality team outside made you feel like, if I came in here and all you did was hear this, would you come back to Overcome Church to hear the preaching of the Word of God? And I want to say for every ministry leader sitting in this room, every leader on the leadership team, every, every person who has anything to do with leadership in this church, if we ever do anything outside of love, our efforts sound like that. More contextually, more appropriate for our context, you husbands, you wives in this room, you children in this room, if you ever... Try to operate your home in a fashion outside of love first. The love of Christ, fleshing into the love between one another, fleshing into the love of people around you. If you try, you only spin your wheels. And it'll sound like that. It's not enjoyable, it's not effective. We will all remember the time Austin made a mess of himself up here on the drum set. You get what I'm saying though, church? I could speak with angelic tongues and not have love. Spin my wills in ministry every time. Love is the fundamental foundation of a home. It is upon love, the love of Christ, the love of one another, 
and the love of the people around you because Christ first loved you. It's on that foundation that home can be built solidified and fortified against the wiles of the enemy, against the tactics of the enemy, against the storms that rage all around us. Our locker rooms can be impenetrable if, in fact, we build our foundation on the fundamentals being love. It's funny, this is off script here, but some people asked Jesus one time, hey, uh, Jesus, what's the first and greatest commandment? They asked him this in order to trip him up, the Bible says. They were trying to get him caught up. Said, Jesus, what's the first and greatest commandments? And you guys would know it because it's, our, uh, it's everything we want to do. It's our mission. And is that right, mission or vision? I get that mixed up every time. Our mission, our vision is to reach people through evangelism, discipleship, and community, or community evangelism and discipleship. I'm learning it. It's okay. I helped develop it, and I don't know it. Lord, help us all. He said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, body, and strength. And then so unsolicited, he added, the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. We'll get into that in a second. I'm jumping ahead of myself. Love is the fundamental foundation of the home. Write that down. The second thing, I want to talk about the flip side of this coin because there's two sides to every coin and this is the other side of that coin. I wanna talk about the, I titled it the coin flip, but it's, I wanna take a look at the other side of this coin here. On one side of the coin we have love. It's the fundamental foundation of the home, but then on the other side, if you um, can track with me, is respect. In our text scripture, there's two things mentioned between a husband and a wife. But it goes a long way all throughout the entire context of a home, regardless of what the context looks like. Husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, engaged couple, um, mom to child, child to mom, child to dad, dad to child. Um, any context within the home. Love and respect. These two are like supplements for the home. Anybody take supplements in here? Man, are they necessary if you're like, if you, if you really work out, I found out what a hefty dose of supplements will do for you. If you take the right supplements after you work out, like a grueling workout, what will happen is instead of waking up the next morning feeling like you're a zombie, you'll wake up the next morning just feeling normal as if nothing ever happened. And it's beautiful. And what I want to speak to is this, that love and respect are like supplements for the home. If you want a healthy home life, if you want the locker room, if you want to win the locker room, supplement your locker room with love and respect. These two are written in our text scripture. You say, Austin, I don't remember that. Read Ephesians chapter 5, I'll prove it to you. Verse 33, it says, to sum it up, in other words, just to sum up everything, each one of you who is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. Love and respect. Husbands, you are called to love your wives just as, somebody say that with me, just as, we'll say it one more time, just as Christ loved the church. It's kind of like that anyway love. It's the anyway love. Write that down, anyway love. I preached a message one time here, you may remember it, called Anyway Faith. Did you ever remember that message? Okay, uh, all of you are getting written up. Um, <clears throat> anyway, faith. It's the ability to have faith anyway. The, the, the faith that you can have in any uh, 
context because it's on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And so what I wanted to speak to today is, is the flip side of the coin, respect. I want to talk about that anyway kind of love. Uh, husbands, you are to love your wives just as Christ loved the church. You are to, and, and to consider how Christ loved the church. Even yet while I was still in sin, even yet while my heart was painfully black and, and unfiltered with plenty of sin and, and uh, uh, just uh, a mess, and I'm still a mess today sometimes when I get outside um, uh, when I get outside the will of the Lord, I can make things a mess very quickly, fleshly, but um, even yet, while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me, and I'm charged by the Lord to love my wife just as Christ loved me, and I don't know your context, but I sure know mine. I know how much Christ had to love me to die on that cross for my sin and to pay my ransom, to take me from who I was to who I am today and who I'm going to be later. I know that. I don't know what all you've been through in this place today, but I do know my context and I know that Christ has loved me immensely, even with a love that is uncomprehendable, a love that doesn't make sense. It's anyway love. It's the love that cannot be bought or earned. It's love um, anyway, regardless. In marriage counseling, I talk about it a lot. Sandra and I, we've been through, the, they always say the second year in marriage is always the hardest. I don't know if that's the same for you, if that was the case, but the second year of our marriage was the hardest. Man, we went through some times and uh, trying to raise a kid and, and uh, <laughs> be godly moms and dad mom and dad and in in couples we just youngsters didn't quite know too much about everything we had some great uh great people in our life though that would sow seeds into our life and i always remember those times not for the sake of um like uh, bringing up the past but just remembering the times where um we were so encouraged to have that anyway love even when it was the hardest it had ever been, second year of message, had no clue what we were doing, trying to pay for an apartment we could not afford, paying for cars we couldn't afford, trying to raise a kid. Is that any way love that you showed me and that uh, sometimes I would get the chance to show you that really made things happen in the home? Wives, I, I want to talk to you too, though, Women, you are called to respect your husbands. Now, most of the time, I know in today's culture, men, we don't give our wives much to respect at all anyway. And without browbeating you, I'll just continue and say, women, you are called to respect your husbands. Most of y'all won't agree with this because it may not scratch your itch, but I'm talking about that anyway, respect. That respect for your husband as the head of the household, the leader spiritually and physically in your household with structure, regardless if he's not giving you, you want to know how to change a man? Anyway, respect. You want to know, men, you want to know how to change the way a woman acts towards you? Us men desire respect and us women just want love. I say us women, please don't cut that out. That gets cut. <laughs> That gets cut. I forgot what day and age we live in today. Us men and you women. (laughs) 
No emails on that. <laughs> Woo! I'm full of them. Us men want respect, and we'll fight for it. You women just want love, and you'll find it one way or another. Men, you want to know how to get your woman to respect you? Give her that anyway, love. Regardless of how she acts, regardless of the way she is towards you, regardless if you think you've been given your due respect or not, men, you give that woman your anyway, love. And women, if you want love, regardless if he's giving you the due love you think you deserve or not, you give that man that anyway respect, and that'll change a man. Changed me. Hmm. It'll change a woman to love her anyway, through ups and downs, through hardship or, or not. See, a lot of us say that, and you know, we'll go through the marriage counseling, through all these things, and we'll, we'll say that up here before the preacher and the witnesses, and we'll say plenty of times, and hardship or not, but it really doesn't mean much until you actually go through those moments and you choose, because it's a choice, men and women, uh, when you choose to give the anyway love or choose to give the anyway respect. Men and women, when you love and respect each other anyway, or regardless of the circumstances, two things happen. The locker room becomes more fortified, and you bring glory to the Lord by operating within the scope of your design. Did you get that? When you choose, both of you, to love and respect each other anyway, organically you fortify your home. Organically, just because, just by design, you fortify the atmosphere and, um, and everything to do with your home. Spiritually, physically, all of it. And you organically bring glory to the Lord by operating within the scope of your design. In marriage counseling, I tell people this all the time. You must be intentional about making your efforts visible. You say, well, Austin, I'll, I do love her anyway. Does she know it? Austin, I do respect him. Does he notice it? Because it goes nowhere if, if you're not noticing or knowing the efforts. Men and women, listen, this is the reason for this message today. This is the reason for this series. It's because our homes as Christian homes in this nation are on a, uh, a terrible decline of, 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 of strength and, and will to, con to consist, to, to live, to, to, to exist. We are so programmed in today's age to live um, um, disposably. Everything is disposable. And our government has made it that way so easily. Oh, you don't feel like you're getting the respect you want? Go see the, the, the judge at the courthouse. He can take care of that for you. Oh, he don't love you the way you think he ought to love you? Go see the judge at the courthouse. He can take care of that for you. We live in a society that is so disposable. Oh, the preacher said something that stepped on my toes. I'll drive half a mile down the road and find me another one. Marriage is not 
set up to be disposable. God's intention is not for it to be disposable, but through hasty decisions as young people, we find ourselves in that predicament, and I don't judge you for it. Had I made a hasty decision as a young person and not follow, maybe not follow the will of the Lord, or I don't know what your context is, and I want to be careful of this because I understand that there are certain circumstances and situations, certain pasts in this room, and I want you to know that God loves you and cares about you and will anoint your marriage now more than he ever has, and I promise you that God is not sitting in heaven on his throne with a lightning bolt, with your name on the lightning bolt because you have experienced a divorce once in your life, or twice, or three times, or whatever the case may be. Does he ordain it? Does he advocate for it? Of course not. But I want you to look at that blessing right beside you right now and say, thank you, Lord, for what you've given me. I want to say this. You have to be intentional about making your efforts visible. Sandra could respect me with the utmost respect, but if I don't see it, if I don't know it, if I don't experience it, if I don't feel it, what does her respect towards me mean? Nothing. Men, I can love Sandra and worship the, just layman, or just example here, not literally, worship the ground she walks on. And boy, do I. Mm. But if she doesn't know that or see that or experience that through our relational transaction in the home, what good is my love for you? Right? Same could be said about your relationship with the Lord. But we won't go there. Um, <clears throat> or maybe we will. We don't know. Anyway, I say this in marriage counseling all the time, and I tell people this all the time. You have to be intentional about making your efforts visible. This is a long message already. Kobe Bryant once said this, another quote. The most important thing, Kobe Bryant said this, not Jesus, but Kobe. Um, and not close either for those of you that thought I was going to say that. The most important thing is you must put everybody on notice that you're here and that you're for real. A little context behind that statement. Kobe was in his pregame workout the night before a big game. He's in the gym or in the arena, and he's shooting. He's making shots. He's doing his, his normal workout, and he's going through his processes to do the 250 shots or more that he has to make before a game in order to feel comfortable and ready for that game, and another player walks in and sees him shooting, and so what happens, and some of you may know this, or if you don't, go look it up. It's a cool story. What happens, Kobe finishes his 250 but doesn't stop. And the other player that walked in after beginning his workout and then finishing his workout all while Kobe is still making shots looks at Kobe and says, what in the world is going on here? So he asked Kobe, man, I came in here, you were working out. I did my workout and you're still working out. I gotta stop you. Why do you keep on? You're gonna kill yourself before the game tomorrow. And Kobe said this, I saw you came in here, so I knew I had to work harder than you. He said, the most important thing is you must put everybody on notice that you're here and that you're for real. And I'm going to tell you, husbands, your wife, the most important thing is that you put her on notice that you're here and that you're for real. You wives, the most important thing is that you tell your husbands that you're here 
and that you're for real. And together, the most important thing that you tell your kids is that you're here and that you're for real. Because in a world of such um, uh, influence regarding disposability of everything, to have a locker room that is solidified and fortified by the grace, mercy, and love, the word of God, to have a locker room like that, a home like that, not commonplace today. It's not commonplace today. Am I boring anybody in this room or can we preach? My third point, respect is, um, and just to, uh, in that, respect is an intentional way to fortify your home and induce longevity. And so, to cater to my first point, love is the fundament, uh, fundamental foundation of a home. Respect is an intentional way to fortify your home and induce longevity. Second th- or the third thing I want to talk about, my final thing that I want to talk about today is a solid start. A solid start. And the beautiful thing about all of this is regardless of your context, regardless of your, your, the current position in your home, whether it be, again, and I will emphasize, whether it be um, husband and wife, uh, an unmarried couple in a home, um, uh, a mom and a daughter, a, uh, a dad and a daughter, a mom and a son, a dad and a son, no matter the context of your home, no matter what it is, this is for you. The beautiful thing is, from this day moving forward, you can have a solid start. Like this day in your home can be the first day of the rest of your, your existence. I know it's uh, simple and inspirational. Most speakers will use something like this day could be the, 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 the reset and the first day of the rest of your lives. And as corny and cheesy as that may be, it's true. Today could be a solid start of the pursuit of a godly home a godly marriage, a godly relationship within the home. Today could be the start of that, a solid start. Um, Ephesians chapter five, starting in verse 28, the Bible says this, and I'll, I'll close rapidly. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Remember, I said love is the very fundamental foundation of the home, and always you can say it. But what if I can't love myself? Like Austin, uh, what you're saying is cool. Everything lines up well. It's pretty uh, sound from the Bible, I think. I hope you think this way. And, uh, or at least look into it and, and realize that way. Um, like Austin, what you're saying makes sense to me, but what if I can't get to the very foundation of Uh, of the whole thing what if I don't love myself in the same way husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies he who loves his wife loves himself and so how Austin if I can't love myself if I cannot treat myself with respect if I can't uh if I can't look at myself in the mirror and uh, and express uh uh, the sight of a man uh if I can't uh love myself how in the world could I love my wife How in the world could I love my family? How in the world could I love my kids? And I'm not saying, you know, I want to be careful in this too. There's no question, we live in some hard times. 
Uh, we may not be, I know we could look back to our parents and grandparents, or maybe some of you sitting in this room can, can tell testimony of a time in your life where things were hard. And some, some of you would tell the good old stories of where things were hard in the home, but you didn't know it. You just thought tomato and, and ketchup sandwiches were a delicacy. You didn't know it was because you didn't have money. Maybe some of you in here are like tom- uh, or, uh, uh, banana and mayonnaise sandwiches. See, some of y'all are like, woo, yeah, you know where that came from? The Depression era. You just didn't know. You just didn't know. But it was good, though. Still is. Shoot ya, sister. Still is. For me, not so much. But it's okay. What if I can't love myself? What if I, man, Austin, you don't know. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've said. You don't know how I've acted towards people. You don't, you just don't know. And I, w- I want to tell you about the endless love and grace, mercy, kindness, and, and peace that the Holy Spirit can provide to you. And, and I just want to tell you, um, there's nothing you can do to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Did you know that? Nothing you can do. Paul said it this way. We were talking in the leadership uh, meeting, and, and you'll hear more about this later. We were talking about what is evangelism? What is it? What does it mean? Define evangelism. And, and to think uh, my, my simple definition of evangelism would be this, and Paul says it clearly in his, uh, in his explanation here. He says, I've been persuaded that neither death nor life, nor principalities or powers, nor things to come, nor things in the past, nor heights, nor depths, nor anything in all creation. He just sums it all up. Anything in all creation, I've been persuaded that nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. What is evangelism, Austin? I think it's just persuading people um, to believe that the good news really is good. And what I want to tell you today is this, that no matter where you come from or what you've done, no matter where your marriage has been, God can restore it. He's a master restorator. He brings perfect peace in the most chaotic homes. He will enlighten you and, and, and explode your household with love and respect in a split second if you'll just follow his lead. What if I can't love myself? You don't know where I've been. You can't love one another if you don't love yourself. A common attack tactic of the enemy, and I need you to get this, church, and I'm rounding up so you can get to the restaurant. Don't worry. A common attack tactic of the enemy is to get you to hate yourself through shame, depression, anxiety, your past, and thoughts of not measuring up to what is uh, culturally acceptable in today's age or what everyone else thinks you should be. The enemy would love nothing more than for you to discredit what God has made you to be. And that goes for everybody in this room, student, woman, man, anybody in this room. Anybody online. The enemy, uh, the, the, the enemy would want nothing more than to just cause you to discredit who God has made you to be. A personal pursuit of God 
will organically enhance performance in the home. In the home. You believe that? A personal pursuit of God will change everything organically in your home. More faith equals less stress. The Bible speaks to that plenty of times. We'll talk about that later. Sure direction from the Lord. If both husband and wife are seeking the Lord and really hearing from him, then you should be operating with one accord. The closer you both get to Yahweh, the closer you will both end up to one another. I think about that marriage triangle everybody uses in, in counseling. The marriage triangle there, um, it, it would be a solid start for your family today. Think about this. You look at a triangle. I should have brought a little ding triangle up here um, and put it in my locker. But the triangle, you got husband, wife, um, you got child, mother, um, child, father, whatever the context is, it doesn't matter. The context doesn't matter. You can fit into this illustration. As both of you are maybe at odds right now or feel the most distance you've ever felt between one another right now, no matter what your marriage looks like, no matter uh, if you, you know, whatever you're experiencing in your home today, spiritually, physically, um, all in reality. A personal, remember what I said, a personal pursuit of God will organically bring you closer together in the, in the home, in the locker room. As the husband pursues God, think about the triangle here. Husband pursues God and the wife pursues God, they get closer and closer together until they're, until they're as close as they ever can be. But that is organically only through your personal pursuit of the Lord. So if I'm up here and I'm like the closest I've ever been with the Lord, but she's down here, I'm still finding it hard to connect with her because I'm on a, I'm on a level with the Lord that I'm trying to pursue my relationship with him. I'm trying to live holy because he's holy. I'm trying to, you know, do the right things, be the right guy for my wife. I'm trying to give her that anyway. And this is where the supplement happens, that anyway love, that anyway respect. It'll change somebody down here. But if both aren't working towards their personal relationships with the Lord, you'll find like this lopsided situation. The, the, the fastest, most uh, effective way to get closer to your wife or to get closer to your husband or to get closer to the relatives you live with, whoever it is, is to not focus on what's wrong between one another and focus on what's wrong between you and the Lord. Write that down. So I'm closing. Ben, you can go ahead and come up for the response. I want to close really quickly. I don't know if there's even enough room up here for you guys, but... Just push me off the ledge if you need to. I want to share with you something that the Lord spoke to me today, um, or not today, over the past week in study. I've been reading in Numbers here lately, and um, the Lord said this the other day as I read Numbers chapter 14, starting in verse 20, uh, 41. It's, it's convenient because it's Numbers 14, 41, so it's easy to remember. It says, but Moses responded, why are you going against the Lord's command? It won't succeed. I'll repeat. Moses responded, why are you going against the Lord's command? It won't succeed. The context here is this, that the Israelite nation has an opportunity to gain entrance into the promised land, but chooses not to for fear of the giants and the fortified walls. 
They come back, they petition, and they say, why don't we raise up our own leaders and we'll head back to Egypt? Why don't we just throw this thing in the trash? We'll go back home. At least they have warm beds and some fish there. And Moses looks at the people who are rebelling against the Lord and he says, why? Why are you going against the Lord's command? It won't succeed. And so do you, church, until the homes of this region turn back to their intended purpose and focus on faithfully bringing glory to the Lord by operating within the scope of your original intent and, uh, or God's original intent for your life and your family and your purpose. Don't expect revival in the church because your home needs revival. Don't look for signs and wonders in the church because your home is the thing that needs the miracle. The church isn't dying. Our homes are just in disarray. Church, what are we building? What are we building at home? Are we building homes that look good for the time being, but are founded on wavery faith and, and grainy sand, only to be knocked down with a great crash? Are we building our houses upon the solid truth, faith and love and grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ, upon which those homes will never crash? Home team, it's a new season. Let's build something great in our homes. Let's build our homes on the love of Christ, respect for each other, and a holy pursuit of the Father. After that, we will be unstoppable as the church of the Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. So as the band begins to play softly, just for a moment, I want to do something that I read about in Numbers as well. I read this in Numbers chapter 6. As the Israelites began to pursue the call of the Lord and the promise of the Lord, Moses did this thing. And the prophets later on in the Old Testament and even, um, even the religious elite in the New Testament that Jesus combated so much would do this out, out of custom. It's just a tradition. The prophets would do this over the people as they would begin to initiate blessing over the Israelites. They would just simply extend their hands over the people. And today I just want to extend my hands over every home represented in this place. And just declare a blessing straight from Scripture. The Lord spoke to Moses. Tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. You should say to them, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. In this way, they will pronounce my name over the Israelites, and I will bless them. Church, receive that today. One more thing before I go, and we have this opportunity to respond. I love you, church. I love you. I care about you and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Take this time now to respond to what you've heard from the word of God today. And if the Lord has been speaking into your family, if the Lord's been speaking into your life today, no matter what your context is, use this time wisely. You come and make an altar out of these stairs and out of this stage. And you lay yourself down before the Lord, giving him every concern and every 
everything that may be prohibiting uh, a win in the locker room today. Amen? Use this time wisely. I love you, church.